Well, g'day there and welcome to the Oak City Church podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today for another encouraging message from our Sunday gatherings of Oak City Church. If we can connect with you in any way, please see us at oakcitychurch.com.au or check out our socials online. We hope to see you in person soon. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. You know, during the week when I was preparing for this message, I actually learnt a couple of new words. They're fairly technical words. One of them is oikotropic. The word has a couple of meanings. Firstly, it describes a virus that can only replicate inside the same species of bird or animal in which it arose. What that means is that if a virus arose in a bird or an animal in, say, well, let's pick a country at random, in, say, China, that that virus would not be transferable to human beings. It can only develop and spread within that same species of of animal or bird in which it arose. So clearly, COVID-19 is not oikotropic. The other meaning of the word is homesick. Describes a person who has this urge to be at home rather than to be away from home. Uh, it's the opposite of oikofuge. And that word describes a person who has the urge to travel or wander away from home. Another word that I saw was oikomania. It's a nervous condition and it results from living in a stressful or unhappy home and can in turn result in an an abnormal attachment to the home or the house. And one of the ways in which it can manifest is in an obsessive desire to tidy or clean the house. I can hear a few nervous shuffles going on out there. I'm sure that there are other reasons why people become neat freaks other than having oikomania. Now you may have noticed something about those words. They're all based around the word oiko and they all have something to do with the home. Now that's because the words are actually derived from a Greek word oikos which means the home or the house. Sometimes it comes into English as eco, ecosystem, ecology, economics. They're all to do basically with the home. Now, why the vocabulary lesson? Well, because in the four verses that Charlie has just read to you, Words based on oikos occur on four different, five, sorry, six different occasions. Six occasions words based on oikos occur in this passage. It talks about people who live only temporarily in a place. It talks about belonging to the household or the family of God. It talks about being built on a foundation. It talks about a building or a home. It talks about being built together and it talks about a home or a building in which God lives. Oikos words, home. Now what all that tells me is that God is building something. 
and what God is building he invites us to be a part of. There are actually two metaphors that Paul places side by side in these verses. Uh, the first of them is the idea of us belonging to the household of God or to the family of God. The second is that God is building us or shaping us into a building or a temple uh, which will be his dwelling place. So in the first metaphor, God is providing the home in which we live. In the second metaphor, we are providing the home in which God lives. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Ben spoke a little bit about the second of those metaphors, about being a home for God and carrying God with us wherever we go. And uh, I certainly don't think that I can improve on what Ben said on that occasion. So I would like to focus on the first of those metaphors, the invitation to become part of the household or the family of God. Now, at the outset, I need to say that this invitation is connected very closely to what Paul has been talking about earlier in chapter 2 of Ephesians. So I need to remind you about that. He talks about our former state, our state before we actually came to know Jesus. He says, at that time, you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were strangers to the promises. You were without hope and without God. But now, he says, now you who were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And then into today's verses, consequently, so then, because God has drawn you near through the blood of Christ, we have an invitation to become part of his family. So the invitation is actually open to all. The privilege of being part of God's household or family is enjoyed by those who have allowed Jesus to draw them near to God and to each other through his sacrifice on the cross. So Paul says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Now we know what a foreigner is. The, the translation stranger probably doesn't really capture the full meaning of the word. It's one of those oikos words. It's the word paroikos. And it describes a person who lives only temporarily in a place. Doesn't really belong. They just live temporarily. Uh, in terms of Australia, for example, it would describe a person from another country who's living in Australia on a temporary visa. Uh, really belong. They belong somewhere else. And sooner or later, that visa will run out and they have to go back home. Now, if I can put that into the context of a household... When our children were younger and still at home, occasionally, and I say very occasionally, we gave them the privilege of having friends over for a sleepover. And I use the word sleepover advisedly uh, because not a whole lot of sleeping was done. And not a whole lot of sleeping was done by us because we stayed up most of the night listening to noisy children yakking away. But their friends slept over, had some breakfast with us, 
and then they went back to their own homes and their own family, the place they belonged. Paroikos describes something like that. Now what God's saying to us is, I don't want you to be a paroikos. I don't want you to be just hanging around to, to get an invitation in for an evening meal or for a sleepover. I want you to be an oikaios, an oikaios, a member of my household, a member of my family. Now in New Testament times, the household or the family consisted of way more than just that nuclear family of mum, dad and the children. It described anybody who lived permanently in the house. So yes, mum, dad, the children, maybe grandparents were living there, maybe aunts and uncles and cousins were living in the same house. And how can I put this delicately? It described female companions other than the wife that the man may have had in the house. It described hired servants, it described slaves, it described the children of servants and slaves. So my question to us is, what kind of member of God's household is God inviting us to be? Is he inviting us in as slaves or servants who are going to toil away doing his every women wish? Or is he inviting us to something more? Now to answer that question I need to go to a couple of other verses in Ephesians. Ephesians 1.5 tells us that in love God predestined us to become adopted as his children. Now do you hear that? From before the world began God formulated a plan that those whom Jesus drew near to him would become his children. Not just any old children. Ephesians 5 and verse 1 says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. We are dearly loved children. And that, those are the same words that God spoke over Jesus. You are my dearly loved child. In you I am well pleased. God speaks those same words over us. So in a sense, and I don't want to press this too far, but in a sense, we are actually brothers and sisters of Jesus in the family of God. How awesome is that? What an amazing privilege. Let's look at another verse. It's from Galatians, Galatians 4, 7. And it says, So then you are no longer slaves, but you are a child. And if you are a child, then you are an heir. You're an heir of God and you are joint heirs with Christ. Everything that the Father has, he has lavished on us just as he has lavished it on Jesus. Everything. It's all ours. He's held nothing back. Last Sunday, Lorraine and I, following our online time of worship and prayer, um, decided that we were going to sit separately reflecting on the parable of the prodigal son. That's a familiar parable, it's a familiar story. But I'd like us to think about the reaction of the two sons in that parable for a moment. The younger son. You know, he'd gone away from home, he'd wasted all his money and he was coming back 
to the family home. And he formulated a little speech to say to his father, I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Yep. I don't consider myself a son anymore, but I'm happy to be a servant in your house. But before the son could get the willingness to become a servant in his house out of his mouth, the father cut him off. Quick, bring the robe and put it on him. Bring the ring, put it on his finger. Let's celebrate because this my son was lost and now he is found. The father did not want his son to be a servant in the house. He wanted his son to claim, to reclaim, to embrace his true heritage as a son of the father. A deeply loved son of the father who was not in the house to work for his father, but he was there to enjoy deep and intimate and loving relationship with the father. Then there's the older son. He's out in the field and he doesn't want to come in. So the father goes out to him and notice the father goes out to both sons. It's what God does. He comes out to meet us. And the son says, I have been slaving away for you all these years and you have never given me anything. And the father's response is, my son, you are always with me and everything that I have is yours. The father wanted that son as well to embrace his heritage as a deeply loved son of the father on whom the father had lavished everything. He didn't want him to see himself as a slave toiling away for scraps that fell from the master's table. He was a son, he was a deeply loved son and he had access to everything that the father had to offer. So my question to us, my question to you, my question to me is this, how do I see myself in the household of God? Do I see myself as a slave or a servant toiling away, trying to prove myself worthy of scraps of blessing that come from the Father's table? Or do I see myself as a deeply and unconditionally loved son or daughter of the Father on whom the Father has lavished everything good? We will never be free to love other people as God has loved us until we embrace our true heritage as children of the Father, deeply and unconditionally loved children of the Father. We will never be fully free to feast on the banquet of life that God places before us every day until we embrace our true heritage as deeply and unconditionally loved children of the Father. Until we can sit in the presence of the Father and, and hear him say over us, you are my beloved child, in you I am well pleased. I wonder if it's time, maybe, for you to come in out of the cold, so to speak. Maybe you have been standing around on the fringes um, 
maybe having a bit of a sleepover or a meal with the family every now and again, but, but not quite belonging. And perhaps it's time that you let Jesus bring you in, introduce you to the Father, so that the Father can embrace you as his dearly loved child. Maybe you've made that decision, and yet there's still something in you that sees yourself as, as a servant or slave toiling away to prove yourself worthy of scraps of blessing that come from the Father's table. Perhaps it's time then for you to embrace your full and true heritage as a deeply and unconditionally loved child of God. Perhaps it's time for us to sit in the embrace of the Father and hear those words, You are my dearly loved child. With you I am well pleased. If that's you, I'd just encourage you to reach out to us in some way. Maybe it's just something as simple as typing that's me into the comments section of the, the online stream. Maybe it's reaching out to us with a phone call or with a message. And maybe there's an opportunity for you to uh, join us in the Zoom prayer room at the close of this service and to be paired up with somebody who can have a chat with you and pray with you about this. It's not just my invitation to you, it's God's invitation because he is wanting you to come in and to claim that, that heritage as a dearly loved child of God. I'm going to pray for you and pray with you, pray God's blessing of love over you and then invite you to take whatever step you may need to take next. Let's pray. Oh, Father, it's so difficult for us to fully comprehend the magnitude of love that you have for us. And maybe that's because in this world, the kind of fatherly love that we know is only ever a shadow of what you offer. We pray, Lord, that you would give us open hearts open spirits to receive this inundation of love that you pour out. To hear you saying to us, you are my beloved child. In you, I am well pleased. And on behalf of those whose hearts may be stirring, I say, Lord, bring us in. Bring us in, bring me in. Envelop me in your arms. Make me your child. Help me to appreciate that the magnitude of unconditional love that you have for me. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.